ready for a great 2020, take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe and get the show delivered to you every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. All right, what's going on, you guys? Happy Friday, episode number 50 of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for subscribing. We appreciate that. And thanks for giving us a great rating, too. We heard your plea. Now you got three three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. They're Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It means a lot to us. Coming up here, we're going to talk about the Rooney Rule and also real estate, the real estate market right now. And the great specific Northwest is out of control. I do want to say before we get rolling, did, did you see, because we sat down here, did you see the injury? What injury? This in, You didn't see the... I have my sock pulled up right now. See that Ooh, man, what happened there? See Your shin. It looks like you got hit by a lawnmower. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because my son is here. This is his first day uh, back. He was just on vacation seeing uh, some of his family back in the Midwest. So we've just been uh, reunited. My family has, my son and Charlie. And the first thing that my son asked when he was leaving, he's like, hey, and I'm just going to say what he said. And I didn't teach him to say this, but he, he said it. He's like, hey, he's is Charlie going to lose his nuts uh, while why I'm gone, is, is, is what he said. And where he learned this kind of language, right? I have no idea. I mean, idea. That, that is kind of unofficially what they have. I don't know where this came from because it wasn't from me. I wouldn't teach right. it. And I know that my mother, uh, grandma, uh, is listening to this right now, and she she's going to be horrified because that you didn't you didn't you didn't say the word crap in our house, and you didn't talk about you didn't talk about the male species with that using those words right there, right? Nuts were just something uh, that you would eat when, when you're watching a football game. Almonds, walnuts. Of course, yeah. And, and they're thing. great for you too. Peanuts. And they're very filling and it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good source of fat. It's a great midday snack. Right. It's, 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 but we don't talk about that. I'm referring to the, so, so anyway, the day after Christmas, it's the day after Christmas. Uh, and I kind of had a trifecta of things going on. Uh, when I dropped my son off on Christmas Eve, he's getting on the airplane. All of a sudden, I get this like eight-hour, ten-hour flu that hits. So the flu is going on. I'm supposed to go down and see Jim Brown, my friend who has stage four cancer, for, for Christmas dinner. and I, But he lives 74 minutes away down in Olympia. And I try to get out of it. And he's like, really? He goes, I have stage four cancer and you can't handle a little flu. He goes, come on down. So, so anyway, I ended up driving down there. It was a little fluey on the way down, a little fluey on the way back. And then the next day, the next day, I think, you know what? Maybe I get to sleep in a little bit. No, because it's Charlie's day to lose his hair. So anyway, we, we, it's an all-day process. And you're, it's all days? I thought you just come in there, snip, snip, no, put a cone on him, and you're out the door. It's all-day process. All day, all day process. And so I'm sitting out there in the waiting room, just like, are we having a baby or what's going on here? Uh, so the deal is done and we get there at seven o'clock in the morning. It's now about three o'clock in the afternoon. Did you put the nudicles in there? Well, he comes out and he has this, this lampshade on his head and it is, he's only 27 pounds and it is, it is, they ran out of, they ran out of the, the cones for the little dogs. So they only had the big ones. So he has this giant cone that's made for like a 110-pound dog right. on his head. And they told me once his hair are cut off, he'll come down a little bit. He's out of his mind. Absolutely out of his mind. He has his cone on. He comes out in the doctor, and he's running into everything and everybody, including me. including And so, and so that's where I got the first cut on the leg. See the From cone? the cone? Those are cone cuts. What kind of cone do you have a, on there? I just told you. Were you not listening? It's a huge cone. It's for a hundred and sharp on the end. Yeah, it's a hundred and ten pound cone. It's like a reverse lampshade. He's a twenty seven pound dog, and they say you got to keep the cone on so he doesn't rip out his stitches, and also so he doesn't run. 
we go outside. What do you think the first thing? He is running like a deer. With the cone on? With the cone. <laughs> and then he keeps running into things and like cracking his neck. It was, it was, it was, he was running into cars. He's running into me. He's running into other people. It did not slow him down whatsoever. Whatsoever. I thought the cone was supposed to make him conscious. I would take him on a walk and he would just sit there and he would just, again, he would just bound like a deer. More energy now than ever. And I thought once he lost his hair, then we didn't have to worry about this anymore. I thought that was going to calm him down as well. I thought so too. He is out of his mind. He's a jumper now. More than that. He's just running into everything. He's running into me. I'm bleeding. And I'm like, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do? And so I decided the cone has to come off because he is taking out walls in my house. He's taking out my legs. He keeps running into things in the car. I can barely get him in the car because the land. And then I look for other kinds of cones because he couldn't sleep at night because he had this huge cone. They have on. different sizes. Just go to the pet store. Well, this is what I did. Is I decided to go and get some hospice uh, diapers. Is what I it, and, and so because I I provided hospice care for a relative for the dog? Of mine about a year ago for for Grandpa Stanley and I'm like you know what those work for Grandpa Stanley they got to work for. Uh, Charlie the dog, right? So you're putting it, but there's a there's a tail on the dog. Well, I tell you, you know what? I made a little hole in the hospice diaper for the tail. So I was thinking about this. Okay, so you cut a hole. I cut a hole in the hospice diaper and I put it on. Uh, I put it on just a, so you wouldn't have to walk him with the cone. Well, it's it, I, I I was. You see that the cuts are no joke. How many cuts would you say? That's quite a bit. Of, that can't come just from the cone. That's Did he actually the, scratch you as well? That's from the cone. Yeah, that's that. That's from the the shark cone cone comes off and then i put the diaper on and then what i found out oh so that he couldn't he couldn't play with the stitches i'm worried about the stitches ah i'm worried about and i thought you were doing it so you wanted to take him out for the bathroom No, and one of the reasons why you leave the cone on is so they won't run right but now he just has the the hospice diaper so he's flying he's just flying (laughs) so then so did it work? I was laughing. What? Did it work? You know what I had to do finally for the last couple because he was running too much? And then he started pooping in the diaper. And he's house trained, but he started feeling like it was okay to poop in the hospice diaper. I had to put the cone back on. Right. But now he's on potty training and he's pooping. So now I got he a He lost dog. the potty training? I put the cone back on his head. Oh. And now I got the cone on his head and the hospice diaper. So. So you, like he reverted I, back to being unhouse trained in like two yes, days. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he's I a guess, wild beast. I guess that's why you're not supposed to put a diaper on your dog because then they actually start using it. Right. And one day I just ripped the diaper off and poop went flying everywhere. Oh, man. All over me. It was a poop-a-palooza. It was. Why are you laughing? So has he calmed down at all? No, well, you just saw him. He just know, came to the crazy. house. He we jumped took, all over me. So uh, my, the fir- you hear my son laugh. The first thing he, he asked me when he gets back today is, hey, does Charlie have his, his nuts When does still? his stitches and I'm like, come out? no, Charlie doesn't have his nuts, but he's as nuts now as he's ever been. It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Reader now. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. Hey, do you need some great real estate agents? Consider Agent Ron and my dad, Agent Don. 50 is nuts. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for listening, you guys. We appreciate you. We heard your play. You got through. Uh, 48, 49, and 50 this week. And don't forget, if you go back during the holiday shows, 
I think it's, uh, is it episode 41 or 42 where G-Force is playing his Christmas trumpet? It's a Christmas Day one. You can't you can't miss it. December yeah. 25th. A lot of people missed it when it dropped on the 25th. Go back and listen to it. He was only playing the trumpet for eight weeks at that point. He sounds like Doc Severinsen. It's really good. Or a he, young trombone shorty. He played us in and out of each segment yeah. with a with a, one of his trumpet songs. It's really, really good. And he's reading cheat music, too, which I can't do. Yeah, none of us can do. Anyway, what do you got for us uh, here uh, on Friday? This one I found really interesting. It's a New York Times piece, and I just want people to think about this. Uh, uh, it's playoff football time. Yeah. We're watching a, a lot of interesting games. The the Patriots are out, which makes me happy. But um, you're also seeing a lot of coaches get fired. So usually each and every year there will be six, seven uh, coaches that lose their jobs. And so a, a long time ago, the NFL – because they looked at the makeup of the league, and over 75% of the players are are black, African-American players. And at the time, there was exclusively all white coaches. And so they invented this thing. It's called the Rooney Rule. It's named after the owner of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney. And the Rooney Rule said that when a coach... I believe it happened when Chuck Knoll uh, lost his job. Uh, and, and so they said, from here on out, whenever there's a coaching vacancy, uh, the team, you at least have to interview a minority candidate. You don't have to, it doesn't mean you have to hire a minority candidate, but an, a minority candidate must be interviewed. And the theory was at the time, that if we do this, then more minorities are going to get hired to be head coaches because once they get interviewed uh, and you you meet with someone face-to-face, you're more inclined to like them, more inclined to hire them. And so the Rooney Rule was invented. And so now we're many years on from the Rooney Rule. And the NFL just had an independent, not an investigation, but an analysis done. And they're saying this is one of the worst times ever for minority coaches. There are currently three minority coaches in football. One of them is Rivera that just got fired from the uh, Panthers and rehired by the Washington team. That yeah. I'm not going to say their name. Ron Rivera, and he's not African-American. Ron though. Rivera. He's, he's Ron Hispanic. Rivera. Yeah, he played for, uh, he actually played for the 85 Bears. Chicago Bears, right. He did a great job in Carolina, and now uh, he's been scooped up. Uh, you're right, he's, he's going to coach the Washington uh, Redskins. So he's one. Mike Tomlin of the Steelers is two, and Anthony Lynn of the Chargers uh, is three. So and, and don't point, forget Mike Tomlin is connected to the Rooney family, right. where the Rooney rule uh, was born, because the Rooney still still control the Pittsburgh so Steelers. So at one point in 2018, there were eight uh, coaches that were minorities in the league out of the 32 teams. Now it's down to three. And uh, I guess I just want to get your general feel for this, because again, the workforce is 75% African-American. And so if you think about guys that have spent their entire lives in the game of football, have played at the highest level, I guess what we're saying is they are not qualified after 20-plus years of experience in, in football to then become a head coach in football. The logic doesn't hold that this would be the case, that when you're talking quarterback coaches, position coaches, offensive, defensive coordinators, all the way up to head coaches, why are there not more minority people that are rising through the ranks? And even women, we've, we've seen women coaches that have been in the NBA now, that we're going to see some bench coaches and position coaches in the NBA. Why are we not seeing more diversity in the NFL? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, if you go back to the NBA model, there's not a lot of women out there that are playing football. There's a lot of great female basketball That's players. True. In fact, I walked into Starbucks the other day and I saw uh, Sue Bird in there. And uh, 
Uh, she's a phenomenal athlete, one of the greatest athletes in the history. Of, you can't of, understand the game, though, and coach the game. I, I, I understand. But sometimes playing the game helps you understand the game, helps you coach the game. And there are just a lot more women that are playing basketball course, and playing I'll football. So I get that, and I, and, and I understand that. I'll challenge you on the workforce. When, when you watch today, because we're recording this on a Sunday, and you watch the starters for the Seattle Seahawks, and you watch the starters for the Philadelphia Eagles, Sometimes when you look at the starters, they're 100% African-American. Starters, 22 starters on a Sunday, it might be 90% African-American when you look at the workforce. Then look upstairs. You have 32 teams. And look for all the minority owners. There's one. There is one minority owner, and he's not African-American. He's Middle Eastern. The rest, all 31 owners, are all white owners. What happened is here, it used to be that you would take a team – and if you, for instance, take the Oakland Raiders, and the way that the, the Davis family became rich is you have to remember that, that their owner, Al Davis, started out being a coach in San Diego, and he became rich owning the Oakland Raiders. There's 17 other owners out there that were billionaires already, and then they went in and they purchased teams. Those teams are an ego stroke, and they're never letting those teams go. You have other people like the Roonies or like the Davis family, or even if you look at the Seattle Seahawks now, where our owner here, who's very beloved, Paul Allen, just died. Typically, these teams would go up for sale, and the families would sell them because they didn't know how to run them. It's not happening anymore. The Roonies hung on to that team. Mark Davis has hung on to the Oakland Raiders, and we see that Jody now is hanging on to the Seattle Seahawks, and everyone thought they'd sell them. They're not going to sell. So the difficulty is you have people out there like Jay-Z that are ready to own a team. And they can come in and be a minority owner. In fact, you see that Russell Wilson right now is a minority owner of a sports, a sports franchise. The opportunity for more minority owners to get in and own a piece of the team is not there in the NFL. That's where it needs to start. That's where you need to have owners out there that say, you know what, I'm going to reach out. You need to have someone like Jody say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take uh, Russell Wilson when he retires if he wants to. And to have an opportunity to own a piece of the Seattle Seahawks, we're going to give him the opportunity to do that. Once you have some minority owners, and because we know that African Americans are the majority of the players, then they're going to start looking out for coaches. They're going to start looking out for. They're going to look at their entire organization. It's just shocking and say, how can we do a better job? Even we're when you're having this conversation, you know what? You you you. Why is Phil Sims on TV? Phil Sims has nothing to say. He is bitter and madder than her because he was taken out of the number one booth. They gave him a studio job, and he sits over there, and he sulks. He just sulks. And you know who he sulks with? He sulks with four other guys that are on that panel that are all all-white quarterbacks that CBS went out, and they hired, right? They went out and hired a bunch of old white quarterbacks. We need to see that in the media, too. We need to see that on a lot of broadcast teams. We need to see a reflection of what's happening down in the field. We need to see that in the owner's box, and we need to see that in the play-by-play booth. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. See you later. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. I 
hear this bump, I feel like I'm on Saturday Night Live, and Will Ferrell and, and Jennifer Lopez are about to come out in their white pants. Yeah, dude, that tight and pants? Then, and then Jimmy Fallon is going to come out. And I every, love this bump. And everybody's going to have their tight pants on. I can't get enough of the tight pants. That's a great bet. In the tight pants video. It's a and really I, great and bet. I, have, you seen, have you seen Jennifer do it? Yeah. Seen all the, the tight pants who's your, who's your Who's your favorite? Will who, Ferrell. Who do you think? Classic. The, Will Ferrell was the best with the tight does pants. Does he wear the tight pants the best? Oh, it's such a funny bet. If you haven't seen it, give it a Google. Uh, because Will Ferrell, Jennifer, and then also. He, Will Ferrell was the greatest Saturday Night Live actor of all time. If you think about it. I'm, I'm including John Belushi, Blues Brothers. I mean, come at me. Yeah. If you want to. Who's better? Because you think he did the cowbell routine. He did the tight pants routine. The cheerleader bits. Yeah. Like, he did it all. The you know, hot tub guy. You know what's great, though, is he's always just Will Ferrell when he does all that. But he's fantastic. He doesn't try to change his voice. So he's just, he's this, even in movies, he's, he's, he's basically Will Ferrell. He's basically just the same guy. And I think, I think we all love that. Oh, it's, he is the greatest Saturday Night Live person yeah. there. Anyway, uh, here we head into 2020, and a lot of people have reached out to us. We do something called a, a Ron and Don sit-down, uh, and we love the sit-down. We come to us, you come to, or, or, or we'll come to you, and we just sit down and we talk about where you're at in your real estate journey. We sat down with someone the other day, and we said, you know what? You have a great piece of real estate. Let's figure out a way to hang on to this. Uh, we talked to someone else, and they thought, maybe I'll sell this spring, and we're like, you know what? Maybe you're a year out on this. Maybe you're a year out, because we started thinking about commutes in their retirement, and we're like, maybe it's a year from this spring. And then uh, someone else we met with, they're like, hey, I need to get that yard sign in my yard in two weeks. Can you guys do it after the sit-down? And we're like, absolutely. We'll absolutely do it because in January, the market is red hot. Why, what is going on, and why is the market red hot? Because nobody expected this in the, in the specific Northwest. You have the NASDAQ. You have uh, – when, when, when you look at all the numbers on Wall Street right now, those things are cranking. And then when you look at homes on Main Street here in Seattle, those things are cranking too. And there's just not a lot for sale, but there's a lot of buyers out there. It, right it is interesting. There seems to be a pent-up demand happening right now among buyers that have – that. I think, to me, this is just speculation. I don't have any research to back this up. But I think what happened is there – you had this really large pool of people that tried to make a play in the last – three to five years in, in the Pacific Northwest. And what happened is they got beat out, they got beat out, they got beat up. And so at a certain point, they just withdrew. They're like, we wanted to buy, we wanted to own something or to move into a specific neighborhood, and it just didn't happen. And so therefore, they just they put it on the back burner for a while. And so they're sort of, they, they started hearing these news stories that were saying things were swinging back to becoming a more of a balanced market or a buyer's market, which is not technically has not happened yet, but it feels that way because of how extreme things used to be. So a lot of these people are coming back out of their shell. This is my own personal theory. They're coming back out of their shell. Let's, I think it's time to make another run at it. But they're, everybody's now doing that, or, or not everybody, but a lot of people are doing it at the same time. For instance, we have a, a coworker that just put a, a listing on right after Christmas. She had 94 people come through an open house in two hours. Mm. 94 people 
because th- there was just nothing available. Yeah, it was a little house up in the Fremont. Okay. Absolutely nothing. It was in the yeah. right neighborhood. It was priced right. It looked great. And so 94 people showed up. And so I think what we're seeing is that most people thought that this would be a sleeper time mm. and that they could be like a, make a ninja move and get in there and kind of fly under the radar. There's a lot of people flying under the radar right now that are trying to make that same move, which is exciting for people that maybe thought, oh, well, maybe I would want to sell something in four months. If you can sell it now, uh, I think you're going to be one of those folks that is going to be able to get a a really great result because there's just not a lot out there. Yeah, and for a lot of people, maybe uh, your family is, you're kind of an empty nester and you're like, I don't want to mow this yard. I want to travel a little bit. So I want to downsize. Some people are like, yeah, I want a yard to mow. So maybe you want to upsize a little bit. And for other people, you're like, maybe I just want to buy an investment property here. Or you're cash poor, but you're house rich. We see a lot of that right now, too. So we have some really cool stuff coming on right now in Redmond, some stuff coming up in Ballard, a beautiful home that we're going to tell you about next week that is coming it's coming up on uh, in West Seattle. It's a mid-century home, and it is... You walk in it, you feel like you're part of the Rat Pack. You feel it is like, super cool. You feel like you're Frank Sinatra and you're sitting in this thing. So uh, we're bringing that on in January, too. So we can't wait to tell you about that, you guys. All right. Hey, if you need help in your real estate journey, write us, ron at windermere.com. That's easy. Just ron at windermere.com. You can write me, Don O'Neill, at windermere.com. Find us on Facebook. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. Join us on Facebook. Uh, or just go to ronanddon.com. Click on the radio microphone. Everything radio, including Cops Helping Kids, Charlie's Dinosaur, all the cause radio we do is right there. And then on the other side, just click on our faces and uh, let's have a sit down and find out where you're at in your real estate journey. And you don't have to bake us cookies like Katie did. No. Boy, they were good. Anyway, thanks for listening to episode 48, 49, and 50. And real quick, we had a lot of great episodes that dropped during the holidays. So you can go back now as you're getting back in your routine. You can find those episodes too. Yeah, go through the backlog. If you subscribe to the show, just hit the previous episodes and you can scroll all the way back to, to show one. It, usually, like Apple tells you whether or not you've already listened to it. And so you can just pick it up where you left off and uh, catch up to episode 50. When you hit subscribe, then they automatically repopulate as we uh, provide new shows. So you don't have to worry about hunting them down. All right. So don't worry about that. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for rooting for us. Thanks for loving us. And here we come hard charging into 2020, you guys. And we so appreciate you. It was a year now that uh, we were let go in Terrestrial Radio. And we had to lick our wounds a little bit, kind of reinvent ourselves. And now we have lives. We just have these amazing lives that just continue. And uh, we wouldn't trade them for the world. And a lot of that is thanks to you. All right. We'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. You're listening to Ron and Don on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill, the brains of this operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don Show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.